Prevents Podcast. European legislators are pushing ahead with the digitization of more and more areas of the judicial system. This digitization will not take place in one giant reform, but will be implemented through a multitude of laws, legislative proposals, and consultations. Uh, the previous procedures have been seen as inefficient and lengthy by many parties, including the legislative itself, which is why everyone is hoping that through digitization, the legal system as a whole will become faster, better, and more just. Now, the question remains, and that was also asked by Tom Bregelmann for the Legal Revolution Expo, which is to take place at the end of 2020, for who? Now, that remains to be seen. And in any case, um, the question is no longer whether the judicial system will be digitized, but to what extent and whether this digitization will also transform the judicial system, for better or worse, into a kind of new justice. So hi and welcome everybody to the second episode of the Prevence Podcast. Uh, for the people who are just tuning in for the first time today, the Prevence Podcast is a podcast about the legal profession in a digital age. Now in the first episode, we interviewed Madeleine Hoitz, who is a young legal tech entrepreneur from Cologne. And I'm especially happy to be able to introduce today a guest that is working in a more classical field of law, Thorsten Guda, who is a judge for criminal law. Hey Thorsten, man, what's up? Hey man, thank you for having me. It's so cool that you were able to come today. I think let's just get into it straight away. Um, we'll start with the general questions. Uh, what is your academic background? What do you do today and how did it come to, uh, yeah, how, how, how did your career so far progress uh, to the point to what you do today? Well, I uh, studied the law at the University of Bonn. Um, where I got my first exam and then I moved to Cologne where I got my second exam and then I started out as an attorney for one year and then I became a judge. I think it was in April 2017 mm -hmm. and so far I'm a judge at the uh, local court in Cologne today where I am in the field of jurisdiction of the investigative law. It's a investigative judge, yeah, if right. you might say. Okay, so um, the term investigative judge, the term might be a little bit misleading in itself because at the end you don't really do the investigations, or is it? Yeah. That's correct. I, do the, I, don't, I don't do the investigations myself. The, yeah, yeah. That's uh, done by the prosecutor's office, but I'm getting the files from the prosecutor's office, whether they move for an arrest warrant, a yeah. search warrant, mm -hmm. something for a suspect, yeah. and uh, it's uh, everything in the criminal case up to the tr actual trial. Mm -hmm. So I'm not a trial judge, I'm the judge who's kind of, you might say, a kind of guardian of civil rights up mm -hmm. to the trial. So um, that the pro prosecutor's office doesn't do anything they're not supposed to do right. because, of course, you know, we've got civil rights in Germany and yeah. you don't, you can't do anything to a suspect just because he's a suspect. Or, right, absolutely. Yeah. So, um yeah, my next question would be, is there any specific reason why you chose that particular field of law or field of jurisdiction or was it just maybe the next step in your career? How did it come to, yeah, to that, that you are now in the place where you are today? Well, it's kind of the next step, but it's not a step in the case that I'm farther, further upward than right, I was right. before. Yeah. I uh, was before in the fields of jurisdiction, for example, uh, traffic accidents or rental jurisdiction. And now I got asked by yeah. the president uh, whether I want to do the investigative law. And uh, I said, yes, okay, I'm going to do it. Um, as a judge, it's like you do one field of jurisdiction for a few years right. and then you change your field of jurisdiction just mm -hmm. because so uh, mistakes that 
might be made or might not be made, but it, it does not perpetuate, mm -hmm. and they've got always fre fresh blood in one field of uh, jurisdiction. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. You said that you started out as a lawyer and afterwards uh, became a judge. Um, the question that I have, and I think the question that would interest a lot of people as well, is how do you become a judge? Is it like you send in an application, or is there an actual? I mean, is it the, is it enough to just be good? At law, or is there some sort of assessment to see if you are also socially fit? What are there any are there any barriers or any safety measures you could say put in place by the state before someone can become a judge? Well, um, I became a judge because um, I sent an application and I sent a letter of motivation, mm -hmm. and um, then there was an assessment held by um, a few people, a few judges, uh, for example, the president of the local court here in Cologne, mm -hmm. and there I got chosen to be a judge. Um, it's it got to do with my degree, with my um, uh, with my. Um, Your grades with my grades yeah. from from the university mm -hmm. and from the two exams I got, mm -hmm. but it's not the whole truth. Mm -hmm. Of course, uh, you need high grades, but mm -hmm. um, there are cases of people they got enormous grades, mm -hmm. very high grades yeah. that uh, were, were not deemed fit in this assessment uh, to be a judge. Yeah, so. Interesting. You, yeah. you also need uh, perhaps some people skills. You need a sense of. Um, Yeah, social, uh, some moral character, maybe a sense of, you know, how, yeah, you have to be a good person as well. Is, is that what you... Is I, I do think you have to be a good person every <laughs> profession, <Right>. but um, <laughs> but you have to be also, uh, you have to, I think the biggest thing is you got a sense of responsibility. Right. Because the decisions you make have... Mm can have a high impact on the people's lives. Absolutely, yeah. For example, today, if I arrest somebody, if I put somebody in detention for a few months, mm -hmm. you might lose your job. You are cannot be able, you cannot pay your rent anymore. Right. You might right. be evicted. People right. talking why you're not in, in your apartment anymore. Right. And so it's, it's uh, a high impact on your life. Yeah. And in the end, you might be innocent or might be deemed innocent. Yeah. So... You need the sense of responsibility, I think. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so uh, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but this, like, this podcast is basically about the legal profession in front of the, you know, the digital backdrop that I just talked about. And I think, yeah, in a more classical field of law. Last time when we talked to Madeleine, of course, she is very new age. Uh, she's very connected. She even has a TikTok channel and everything. I was wondering how is that in the more classical field, uh, in the more classical field of law, especially now. Before now that we have the Corona pandemic, because I, I I think it might be very very hard to basically substitute a courtroom setting with you know a, a Zoom meeting or a Zoom Pro account. I don't really see how that's how how that will happen. So my question to you would be: How did you guys handle the whole Corona situation? What was going on there at your court? Well, first of all, I, of course, I listened to episode one of your podcast. It was a great episode, <laughs> oh, nice. by the way. Yeah. And um, yeah, I do think the legal profession is kind of a conservative one that right. moves very slowly with the time, especially uh, in the fields of digitalization. Mm -hmm. So um, the courts in Germany and the courts in North Rhine-Westphalia, the county which we are currently at, mm -hmm. um, they are not at the point that, they, that you can do home office freely. Okay. We don't have at this point in time um, laptops or any form of iPad or something mm. um, that you can use at home. We are not connected, so you have to appear 
at the office okay. to do actually work. Mm -hmm. Of course, you can write some uh, write something at home, but mm -hmm. then you still have to get it to the office uh, to get something yeah. done. Yeah. And um, I do think that's got to do with the conservativeness of the legal profession itself. So yeah. at the yeah. university, you get the impression um, after your exam, it's enough if you got some paper and a pen yeah. and then you got to be a great lawyer. Right. <laughs> But yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, today that's possibly a better thing that we got uh, digitalization and some databases we can uh, yeah. look at. Yeah. And I do think the slowness of the digitalization at the courts got mm -hmm. to do with um, the multitude of problems you are facing. There are a lot of judges. You have to pay a lot of judges. You pay, have to pay a lot of tablets or laptops. Right. Then you got have to pay a pro, you have to develop a program that uh, that enables you to do home office and that's safe so that nobody yeah. can watch what you're doing yeah. or yeah. Uh, in a way that was not a problem before. Yeah. yeah. So and this is something that has to go rather slowly i think yeah and um, the second thing is that um, the courts in germany don't actually need to digitalize because they we've got the monopoly right. you know if you okay. if you want to get a judgment okay. you have to get a pen get a paper and write right. uh -huh. so And there's no alternative at this point. Okay. And okay. Uh, so we dictate the terms of communication. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I do think digitalization moves re really slowly. Okay. Um, but thankfully, the people now realize that digitalization also can help to speed up some processes. Right. Yeah. And perhaps in the end, even cost less than before. So yeah, yeah. we are yeah. getting an e-file, so yeah, an okay. electronic file. Yeah, okay. I do think um, in the middle of next year, mm -hmm. which will enable us to do home office. And mm -hmm. then if Corona strikes back again, mm -hmm. we can all be we can all be working to home, to at our homes. Yeah. And uh, you won't even realize some things that it's that Corona is yeah. going on because yeah. um, at the courts the work is still be done yeah. in a courtroom it's uh, got there's one problem um, the cases have to be tried publicly right. so you have to you have to be able as a citizen to go to these trials and to watch them mm -hmm. in criminal trials as well as in civil trials with the exception of some family law Of course, nobody mm -hmm. has to know the insides of your family. Of not. Yes. Yeah. And um, so you have to provide some seats in the courtroom for the public, for some journalists, for some people that are interested in this case. Yeah. And so you can't do it on Skype or okay. yeah. any other pro uh, program. But I do know of some judges that are doing civil cases via Skype. Okay. So they got the two lawyers. Interesting, yeah the plaintiff and the defendant yeah. and uh, they are talking about the case mm -hmm. and they are doing this but it's a few of the judges right yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I find that particularly interesting because you say that now it is slowly it is slowly becoming a trend in Germany. 
But I mean, if we look at, I, I, like, uh, we did a little research, right? And if you see, like, electronic legal communications have been firmly established and stable in Austria since 1999. So, you know, like 21 years ago, they were already doing it. In the UK, there are very concrete intentions to introduce an online court, actually, like a proper online court. And in the US, uh, court proceedings and electronic online case files have been the standard in the federal courts for more than 10 years, since 2011, I think. Also in the Netherlands, you know, litigants can submit civil and administrative uh, case procedural documents like divorce petitions, like family law, right? Payment dispute documents, everything in digital form. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I was talking to you before in preparation. You said in Poland, they have a fully digital courtroom proceeding. In, uh, in Lithuania, they have, they have an EPP system, which our, uh, our founder, Edgar Rast, said is not completely customer friendly, but they're already moving. Everybody's moving into that direction. Do you think that has a lot to do? And that, yeah, exactly. That was my question is why is that so slow in Germany? Do you think maybe it is a generation shift that now that, you know, you have young lawyers like you and young judges like you who are basically pushing that a little bit more or from where is this push coming that, you know, that we're having the e-file soon and everything? I do think it's kind of out of necessity yeah. so even the older judges or the older people in politics realize yeah. how we can't do this uh, paper thing yeah, forever right. yeah. and as you mentioned the year 1999 in Austria yeah. um, at, at this point um, the courts in Germany did not have even have a pro program which right. <laughs> with whom to work with so we got yeah. the standard programs that are provided by a big company from yeah. America but uh, none more. Yeah, yeah. And um, I do think that it's hard for some age judges to adjust to this new digitalization. Okay. And um, of course, it's way easier for younger people that mm -hmm. grew up with computers and something like this. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think the sense that it is very necessary to digitalize Absolutely. because of this monopoly we got really, yeah. really uh, did not occur yeah. fast. Mm -hmm. and um, But I, I do think the plans they got, mm -hmm. they, they will get the German courts even at this point. Mm -hmm. I do know that there are plans, but further in the future, to digitalize German trials, to tape them, to get them on tape. But mm -hmm. we are not at this point yet, as you know. No, we don't even have an e-file. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that that's yeah. the big step in the next future. Yeah. And um, I do think that um, the problem is particularly that the people that get asked to do these steps of digitalization yeah. are judges. Uh -huh, okay. So in the... Administration asked some judges, so do you think, are you able to write a program for judges? Mm -hmm. Some of the judges are agreeing with this. They are saying, yo, I can do it, yeah. but I need some years. Right. Because I'm not an IT guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's not. And so the progress is slowly, yeah. is slowly developing. And um, I do think probably sometimes with some outside help, Input, some right. things would work faster, but yeah. if they would work this fast, the needs of the judges and the courts probably, possibly could fall aside. So every, yeah, okay. ste every step that is taken 
is taken by an agreement of all the courts, the judges, every everybody has to pitch in, yeah. can pitch in. And so I do think it is slowly, we are getting there. But yeah. at this yeah. point... We are not there. Okay. Um, and you think a collaboration would not be possible? I mean, of course, you can't ask a judge, hey, by the way, I mean, you're a legal eagle, you know basically everything about German law, but do you also know how to write code? And would you be able to write that? I mean, you know, who will be able? But I yeah. mean, you know? Okay, they're not writing the code itself, yeah, but they but, are... Okay. There are with the with the writers with the, okay, from so from step a, one. So right, they, right. they are as in, in, on an instructional on yes. an instructional. Yeah, but okay, yeah. I might add something that um, there are also law firms, mm -hmm. particularly with um, older attorneys, yeah. that don't even have computers yet. Okay. So wow. if you're talking about, about the digitalization of firms, there are always they are those big firms. Yeah. They are always um, communicating per email mm -hmm. and uh, something like this, but. Mm -hmm. Also, and I do think that's got something to do with the pen and paper. Yeah, mentality. Lawyer, basically. Lawyer yeah, sure. mentality. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. some older, not not a lot, but a few yeah. that don't even have computers yeah. and they type, yeah. they type it by hand yeah. or something, yeah. and. Um, Or let the secretary do it or something. Let the secretary yeah. do it, of course, yeah. yeah. Well, I do think technology helps a lot with communication. Mm. So w whether you are writing emails to some attorneys or to some colleagues mm. or yeah. to some people you might reach. Yeah. And uh, I do think it also helps with research. Right. So you got all these big databases today where you can find some some yeah. cases similar to yours. Absolutely. And um, yeah. I do think the quality of uh, jurisdiction is... Uh, Changed a lot in the in the last 10 years or 20 years, and it got way way better. Yeah, because now we are seeing basically we are able to see a lot of decisions in similar cases, a lot of judgments in similar cases, and are not uh, with our one book exactly and our or hundreds own, of books <laughs> and yeah. our own thoughts. So yeah. Yeah. Um, those. Um, Jurisdi the jurisdiction I do think is getting way better than they it was 20 yeah. years ago yeah. but um, it also makes uh, the decisions made by the courts yeah uh, a lot longer because <laughs> okay. you do you can sometimes copy paste old decisions from for uh, okay. that are in the similar cases right. you, you might add something but uh, right. I do I do think uh, 40 years ago or Something like this, there were judgments on half a piece of paper. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, we today, don't today that, no, no. that won't happen anymore. We, we don't find these today. No. 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 Yeah. Um, harder. I don't know. Mm. I, I don't think anything has That's gotten harder. Yeah. Perhaps with some clue that the judges, because of the digitalization, and the digital file, and the e-file, are going to do some of the work the secretaries do. Well, okay. Ah, so okay. Yeah. this might be, I don't know whether it's going to be more work to do yeah. or not, yeah. but um, I do think that could be a possibility of yeah. doing more work. Yeah. And um, what about... 
in terms of security, you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure that uh, the court decisions won't be uploaded into some cloud or anything. No. But I mean, yeah. How are there any security measures that are put in place specifically so that you can be sure that this extremely personal data has multiple safeguards so that not anyone can hack into it? Well, there is. Uh, most of the courts in North Rhine-Westphalia are connected to one big server. Right. Yeah. Or I do think there's one server and two backup servers. Okay. So if, if the one server got. Yeah, hacked or whatever. got hacked or whatever. Yeah. There, you got two backup servers, right. and they are very secure. Yeah. Um, the local court in Cologne, where I'm currently working at, does not have these central servers yet. Yeah. We do have our own system, yeah. and I do think it's, it's very secure at this yeah. moment because this is the the first thing you think you think about yeah. as uh, safety. You have always have to think about there are very very high-profile data, yeah, and yeah. especially in the investigative uh, criminal law. So right, right, that not right. because much investigations are not public. Okay, they are. Yeah. You don't know about them yet, and it would be sometimes a great, a great failure to let the suspect know that that is investi under investigation, so he can flee the country Absolutely. and uh, destroy evidence or something like this. So you have to be very careful with this data, mm. and um, but so far I think this is one of the first things, if not the first thing, yeah. everybody cares about. Yeah. Perhaps even a reason why the digitalization moves as slowly as it does yeah. at this current point. Right. Okay. Yeah. Another question I would like to put into your way is uh, for the students out there listening: um, How does a typical day um, look for you? Like, do you come, do you come to court and then you just start putting away the bad guys, or how? Yeah. How how does a typical day of work look for you? Well, at this point in this field I'm in currently now mm. um, I do have four days of office time mm -hmm. it's at the court building and it's basically a nine-to-five job mm -hmm. but it always depends on um, the files I'm getting from the prosecutor's office so right. there can be a longer day but there can also be a very short day if I'm not getting some files and there's no investigating to be done so um, this varies but um, there's one day in the week where I'm um, the judge, which is well, who is um, the one to do the arrest warrants, the yeah. um, pro the putting in jail part. Yeah, right. And the, then I'm at the police station of Cologne, the local yeah. police station, from basically seven in the morning till nine in the evening. Okay. And um, then I'm, it's like you say. I'll get some movements for arrest warrants okay, and then right. I'll decide whether the suspects that are in the police station that the prosecutor's office moved to arrest yeah. are going to jail for okay. awaiting trial. So it's mm -hmm. not it's not uh, it's not the trial yet. Yeah. The putting in jail part I'm doing is only because those suspects are there's a high probability that those suspects right. would flee the trial, right. would not yeah. be in court, yeah. or would yeah. do other other things that they're not supposed to do. Yeah. For example, um, a killer that is... Right. Perhaps there's a possibility that he kills again, so he has to go to jail okay. until right. the trial starts or ends. 
and this is the part I'm doing, so I'm not the one that in the end decides whether uh, there has to be a judgment like a prison tr like right. prison or something. Sure. You're just the one who issues the warrant, though. I'm just the, the one that issues okay. the warrant right. for a waiting trial. I'm, ah, okay, I see. Right. So I don't interview the people, the... the Yeah. I only talk to the suspect. Yeah. Of course, they got the right to defend against the move against the prosecutor's office. Yeah. Whether they say I, I won't flee the trial, mm -hmm. or something like this, and uh, they always got their defense attorneys at their side. Okay. And so sometimes, sometimes I don't put them in jail because yeah. there's no reason to do it. Yeah. And yeah. this is the day. With the with the most work okay, in this yeah. field of uh, jurisdiction, yeah. I do have a, I have a, I have a question that I would like to put in between actually. Yeah. Um, in America, they have this Miranda right. You know them from all the movies with Denzel Washington, for example. <laughs> you, know, you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against yeah. you. All of that. Is there is there an equivalent to the Miranda rights in Germany? Is there something yes. like there is? Okay, there is an okay. equivalent, mm -hmm. and of course, mm -hmm. as a suspect in Germany, you don't have to say anything mm. either. Yeah. And uh, I actually do tell them I do think you know it from the movies already <laughs> right so okay. yeah and yeah. everybody does of course you don't have to say anything as a suspect in a criminal case yeah. Yeah. and uh, most people don't do it till their attorney has reviewed the file interesting so okay. that's cool yeah okay yeah um Now I know you can't talk about anything like uh, you can't go into any details. But if, are there any high-profile cases that you would, or any let's say they don't even have to be high-profile actually, but just some cases where you would say, "Wow, this decision really moved me," or may, basically maybe changed the way that I think about the law, or uh, were just plain awesome or something. Anything you'd like to share with us? Eddie? Well, I do think as as I said before, I'm I get every criminal case. Up to the trial. Right. So I do get the murder cases, the yeah. rapist cases, yeah. all things like this, yeah. child pornography, yeah. which is sometimes hard to do if you're yeah. getting if there's on a day no, nothing else but uh, right. child pornography to review, mm -hmm. and um, so I do I do think high profile always uh, murder is a high profile thing. Mm -hmm. Once I sat in this room with uh, a suspect who was um, there because he killed a mate of his with a knife. I do think he I do think he hit him 82 times, oh, God. and um, okay. he was a veteran from from a war. Okay. And uh, so I was, I was a little bit scared. So yeah. I, I, I did think, okay, he doesn't give a damn whether there are policemen, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because he, he has seen worse things like this. And right. uh, but he was very calm and uh, collected, so that was not the problem. Um, at first, when I got into this field of law, I actually considered every case. Where I put somebody in arrest, a, a, a big case. I, the next day, I always reviewed everything in my head. Did I do the, the do the right thing? Um, because, of course, it's it's hard for somebody to get go to jail, Absolutely. and uh, you have to consider every aspect. And um, so I reviewed it the next day. Every case I had, did I do the right thing? Now I, I'm actually a little bit uh, more confident that I do often do the right thing and I know what is right more than I was in the in the beginning mm -hmm. so so this 
made made it a little bit uh, easier for me. Right. And I do think the best cases are where the prosecutor's office is moving for an arrest warrant for someone to go to jail. Right. And um, when you... Then I decided in a few cases, just a few cases, that the evidence is not supporting this uh, this movement. And in the end, it appeared that he didn't do the crime. Okay. So I said, I thought to myself, okay, this one did not go to jail for weeks or months mm -hmm. just because of me. Mm -hmm. So he kept his freedom just because I was sitting in this chair and oh, wow. okay. doing this decision and this actually felt pretty good mm -hmm. so um, I that, yeah. yeah and yeah. and he will never know because uh, <laughs> it was done at the at my office desk mm -hmm. this decision mm -hmm. and he I do think he will never know that he was coming so close to jail mm -hmm. so um, yeah oh, I, that's what I said the guardian of civil rights huh? yeah 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 <laughs> wow that was yeah oh, great story shit um Right. If I can, I think I know. I'm Torsten and me. We've been friends for for very long years, and we. You also told me a story once. I don't know if you remember about. Uh, I think it was a refugee, who was held in custody, for I think sexual assault. Okay, he photographed a girl under her skirt or something like that, and it was it was just custody, of course. Can you? Uh, are you allowed to talk about that case? Yeah, Otherwise, we yeah. can cut it. Okay. So what exactly? What? Yeah. This detention was not about the crime. Yeah. It was to keeping. Uh, photographing further. Okay. So ah, this okay. was just to, to, to keep him fo photographing for a few hours. Mm -hmm. And uh, at first I talked to him and said, that's not okay. And he said, well, why is it not okay? I, at the at the beach, I see those girls in their, in their mm -hmm. bikinis mm -hmm. and it's uh, the same clothes. Why, mm -hmm. why am I not, not allowed to do this? Mm -hmm. And then we talked for about 10 minutes about this and Uh, then suddenly he started crying and uh, apologized to me. Mm -hmm. um, he just wanted to send those pictures to his brothers to to okay. to show him how great Germany was. Okay. And um, then I told him that he has to stay two more hours and then he's allowed to go yeah. till the sun dawns and no more girls with skirts okay. are around <laughs> in the parks. Yeah. And um, but he did not understand me. Correct. Mm -hmm. He thought I said two months and then he panicked <laughs> and I do think uh, that this shock uh, will keep him from photographing further right. but I, I actually said he has to stay for two more hours yeah and, yeah uh, yeah no yeah but actually but I mean I mean the actual yeah the actual act of like okay so this and this happened and I'm going to go down and talk to the guy and that he actually understood like that you could actually you know give because from from my perspective he didn't see what he did wrong but after your but after your discussion no matter the two months or two hours whatever i mean he went out of there thinking like okay this behavior even though you know i might have put that parallel in bikini and you know the city it's just wrong and i think yeah i'm um I'm trying. Well, how can I say that in a way that sounds professional? No, look, it's just plain awesome, you know. Because in the end of the day, this guy he came from a completely different society with a completely under a uh, completely different legal rule. Gets thrown into this society, doesn't understand it. But then, you know, someone in the legal profession, you as a judge especially, come in as a medium to say, "Listen, it doesn't work this way because this and this and this." And maybe this is exactly what that person needed, you know, exactly like the kind of like yeah, person tell him why it's not correct to do so, even though if you think about it. In his way, rationally, yeah. they walk around like that on the beach as well. Makes sense, but you need someone, you know. And that's, I think, that's exactly what makes the legal profession so important. People to be able to be a medium between, hey, listen, 
we have that kind of rule because of, and then this applies to our society because of this and this and this. Yeah. So I, I, I do hope that now he gets the difference between the two, <laughs> two situations. Yeah. And, but there are also cases of people who actually know they did something very wrong. Okay. You don't yeah. have to tell them that they did very, something, something wrong. Yeah. They, They know it from the beginning, right. but there are also people you talk to that don't in the end even think they did something wrong and they got, yeah. they do think they get treated badly yeah. and don't get understood by the judge or by yeah. the police officers that arrested yeah. them. Yeah. And I do think there are all kinds of cases. Yeah. 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 But, but of course, you try to convince them that some things in Germany are forbidden or even a crime. Yeah. And um, that they have to accept this. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. So, Thorsten, I'm supposed to... No, I actually want to okay. ask a controversial question. Yes. So, is, is there anything, like in your line of, in your, in your career as a judge or before as a lawyer, maybe, is there one big mistake you made, something that you regret profoundly? Any big mistakes? Well, as a joke, I can say, uh, saying yes to doing a podcast without... <laughs> Knowing it was held in English was quite a big mistake. <laughs> That sounds terrible. <laughs> so but, yeah. but of course, I, I did mistakes. As a lawyer, as an attorney, I did, did mistakes as a judge. Yeah. I do think all of them are quite boring. Yeah. So, of course, mm -hmm. mistakes happen. Yeah. Yeah. And every suspect, every uh, person that gets hit by a decision by the court has the right to appeal, always. Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. I was perfect or my colleagues were perfect... You don't need the right to appeal. Yeah. So, so um, mistakes are made in every in every part of the society where humans work, mm -hmm. and even where computers work sometimes. Mm -hmm. And um, I do think it's it's not a mistake. I don't consider it a mistake. But uh, one day I arrested a person right. for molesting a girl for possibly a rape, right. and I, I, I do think at this point in time the evidence presented by the prosecutor's office was enough to get him arrested right. but okay. in the end this evidence fell away a few months later i do think four months later yeah. and i don't consider it a mistake because at this point in time where i issued the warrant the evidence supported the decision okay, okay. but in the end Of course, in the bigger picture, you might say it's a mistake because he was actually probably innocent. Mm. And so, yeah, yeah, that's that's the hard thing in, in this line of work. Right. There are going to be people arrested that are actually innocent. Yeah. And um, as good as, as it felt to not issue the warrant in this case, I told you before, where in the end... Yeah, right, yeah. He was not guilty. Yeah. Of course, I thought about it uh, many times, whether I had to do it or I could have made another decision. But I do think at this moment, it was not a mistake to do it. Yeah. 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 Whew. Wow. Okay. Um, one last finishing question. As I said, a couple of students are listening to this podcast. So you've seen both sides of the law. You've been working as a lawyer and you've been working as a judge. Yes. Uh, what do you prefer taking both into account and uh, do you say where would the pros and cons lie? Well, I do think it's about the kind of person you are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, 
I studied the law mm -hmm. because in the beginning I didn't know what else to study. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I kind of, well, it sounds, it's a bit melodramatic, but I fell, I fell in love with exactly the field. That's exactly what we're going for. I fell I in love with the field. <laughs> with the, with yeah. studying the law. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I, I, I just liked it. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. Um, yeah. the problem with being an attorney or a lawyer in a firm mm. is that I do think in often, often times it's not the law, which is uh, the laws in the background mm -hmm. and it's being a businessman, which mm -hmm. is the most mm -hmm. important thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm of the opinion I did not sign up to be a businessman. <laughs> I, I do know that you, you got this conversation in a different part in the first episode of yeah. this podcast yeah, where absolutely. it's all about appearance as a lawyer. Yeah. Of course, it's all about appearance as a judge as well. You can't mm -hmm. go in into court like a hobo. Nobody absolutely. would actu actually take, uh, you seriously. Yeah, take, sure. take me seriously, accept yeah. my decision. Yeah. And um, I am the face of, of, the, of the country in yeah. this moment, of yeah. this society. Absolutely. So yeah. I, I, I can't go in with uh, yeah. hoodies and chucks yeah. in this absolutely. point. Yeah. But um, I do think um, the being a businessman is not for me. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not the one who who goes to people and tell them, go to me, I'm the best, I'm the best right. attorney in town. And I, I, I do not how the, those attorneys do it, but if, if, if you fail, if you right. do something very stupid and, and your client loses the trial because of you, yeah. I, I, I would not be able to look them in the eye anymore. <laughs> But there are people out there that are so, oh, Never mind. You, you, you were always lost this, lost this trial, did yeah. the best everybody could do. Yeah. And, and this is not for me. I would okay. be ashamed to... Okay. I, I could yeah. not look them in the eye anymore. Yeah. And um, I do like it as a judge. I um, always say that I do think being a judge is the best job in the legal profession. Mm -hmm. um, of course, not the best job. As you once said, the best job would be being a, a teaching surfing at Hawaii. That was. That sounds a lot <laughs> like me. I do not remember the specific occasion, but that sounds a lot like me. Yes. yes. And uh, I do think um, that uh, the freedom that uh, this the profession brings with it yeah. and yeah. Uh, the sense of responsibility is unpar unparalleled at uh, other other legal professions. Right, right. And um, of course, that that freedom, not having a boss in the case, yeah, yeah. is something very great. So I can go home in the office at 2, or 2 yeah. p.m. If I, if I want to. If yeah. I, ca I cannot come in the office at all, if, if there's nothing to do for me, yeah. I can decide to work at the weekends and... Uh, Yeah. don't come into office on Mondays or something mm -hmm. like this. Yeah. So I like this and I actually like the people that are working with me. Mm -hmm. I do think that my colleagues, my the other judges, um, they are always or in most cases doing it because they also think like me mm -hmm. that this is a great mm -hmm. job to do yeah. and they love to do it. Mm -hmm. And okay. um, because you mentioned the grades, you have to bring To be a judge mm -hmm. at least in uh, the city of Cologne yeah. and everybody that is working at the courts in Cologne yeah. could be uh, at a big firm and uh, would earn more money than they do right now yeah. so they have to love this job 
or they are plain stupid. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we yeah. come back to the grades and no, no. <laughs> Shout out to not. the colleagues. Shout out to the colleagues, rather. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that's. I don't want. I don't want to bash any attorneys. No, no, I, I, I just yeah. that yeah, yeah, yeah. those are people that are good in being businessmen. Yeah, that are good yeah. at at performing like businessmen, yeah. and of course they are. There are a lot of good attorneys that are good lawyers out there, mm -hmm. um, uh, which is very helpful yeah. <laughs> oftentimes. <laughs> And um, but the profession of a judge is, I do think, uh, the best mm. thing I could do with being or with with studying the law. Yeah, for me personally. Yeah. And uh, I do know that every person has other other um, preferences. Yeah, and even winning cases as an attorney is very mm -hmm. exciting. Mm -hmm. um, going into into a battle of arguments against mm -hmm. another attorney, mm -hmm. um, but also the work you do before the court. Most of the cases, especially in in the civil uh, law, don't even come to the courts because there are always uh, attorneys negotiating, yeah. and um, those parts, of course, are interesting too. But it's a, yeah. it's a very um, diverse field, egocentric yeah, yeah, yeah. view that I got. But um, for me, I, I do um, I do come into office with a smile every day. So um, that's, that's I, I do think thing, that's a great it? good. Uh -huh. Yeah, absolutely. So there's uh, one last. So I'm also allowed to ask a social question, and I know I've been tossed. Okay, rap music or rock music. Well, you know, I, I like both, so I'm going with uh, Run DMC featuring Aerosmith. That's a diplomatic answer. Okay. <laughs> That's a very diplomatic answer. Torsten, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, thank you for having me. And uh, it's awesome. It's awesome that you that you said yes to this. And I think I really enjoyed talking to you. And um, when you're elected as uh, as a judge at the German Supreme Court, give us a call and uh, we'll try to interview one of your colleagues. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Cheers, man. Ciao. Prevents Podcast.